Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas, Valeska did entirely too much research to debunk a Betty-based plotline, Andrew revealed the most unsavory item on his bucket list, and Jason finally admitted to a fondness for a certain Riverdale character. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue, but the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just, just fine. There's Jughead. A serial killer serving some jail time. Jail time, jail, jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops and mimosas at Veronica's. Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime. Some crime, some, some crime. Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine. Maybe damage, damn, damn, damage. Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time with Team Cheryl. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the only podcast that really delves in deep to bullshit science that Riverdale tries to pass on us. It's fine, we've got more bullshit science, we've also got bullshit head science to talk about. But first, the only man who... I'm pretty sure this is his therapy every week, much to the chagrin of his family, his friends, and co-workers. Jason, hello. Hi. I mean, I think this is the opposite of therapy, actually. This is me slowly going mad on the internet. Uh, you know, you say that, but we really help you get through the week. I know. I know. <laughs> you. I charge you exorbitant bills for every appearance. Because uh, you're paying me to be on this podcast. Uh, yes, I, this is um, <laughs> this is uh, akin to Joaquin Phoenix's uh, therapy in The Joker for me, essentially. I have no concept because I have not seen the movie, and I won't mm, do it because okay. it looks like trash. Anyways, speaking of somebody who's not like trash and is a science expert, as far as this podcast goes, Valeska. Hello, Valeska. I was wondering how you were going to do the segue with trash. That was probably yeah. the best case scenario. Can you can you can you imagine? Speaking of trash, let's welcome back our uh, I'm sure I've gotten worse intros. Uh, you know, we're talking about some doozy episodes today. Uh, Jason, what are these episodes called? Um, season four, episode seven, um, chapter sixty-four is entitled "The Ice Storm." Um, I don't know. I, I obviously, <clears throat> haven't seen it. Um. I'm assuming this has something to do with, like, the Ang Lee film? Is that... Has anyone seen the ice storm here besides me? uh, I haven't, but I'm going to guess there's no exploding turkeys in the Ang Lee film. (laughs) No, there is a, I believe, a key party. So maybe there's an orgy in this this episode? Uh, Unless one of those... (laughs) Yeah, unless some rats are, like, having sex inside of Jason Blossom. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure they are. Um, and then season four, episode eight, chapter sixty-five, in treatment, um, which we were talking um, pre-show a little bit about, um, is set up kind of like the uh, the in treatment television program from a few which years was ago. Fantastic, yeah, which sure, was fantastic. I'm... Which I'm sure this isn't, but you know, I, you know what? I haven't. Bad. You know, yeah. As far as these episodes go, they're not actually that bad, but they are. has got some bullshit nonsense in it, like always. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's just get right into it. Do you remember when I said that Hiram was running for mayor last episode, Jason? No. 
Okay, well, he was running for mayor. <laughs> and then it this and then he just he's mayor now. He's just mayor. Oh, the, okay. He just announced he was running and now he's went he won. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he went unopposed okay. because I guess every, all gotcha. the competition is either dead in the show or dead in real life and also in the show. So, they can't really uh they can't really have him do anything. But now he's just the mayor. And I'm just like, how the I mean, fuck that happened in like less than a minute? I get it though. Would you really want to be um, responsible for what happens in Riverdale as the mayor? I mean, like, I guess not. But like, this dude, anyways, whatever. And there is now a physical ice storm coming to coming to Riverdale, uh, as in it's going to be snowy and frozeny, uh-huh. and you know there's going to be people singing "Let It Go" all out of, around the place. And it also happens to be Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know why it's snowing in October, but apparently it's Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah. So you know they're having a great time. Oh, Can yeah. you imagine being mayor of Riverdale and they're having like a town hall and people be like, "These flying incest babies are a problem." There's cults. There's people shooting themselves into trying to shoot themselves into space with rockets. There's um, cannibal fetuses. <laughs> Do something about it. And you just go, yeah, I'm Hiram Lodge. I, yeah, sure. I, you know what? I'm cool. My name's Hiram Lodge. I'll get this shit done. You know, there has to be like a PTA for the Riverdale High School, and I want to see what it's like. Although, like, I guess a PTA in this series would legitimately just be an orgy because all the parents be fucking. That's all We've caught do. 54 teachers this year having sex with their students. It, it's, you know... Up speaking, by one from from last week. So speaking speaking of pair of teachers, do you remember how I said that teacher jumped out a window? Jughead's teacher at the academy. He just jumped out a window. He did. Which I would as well if I was Jughead's teacher. Yes. Well, well, do you know why he committed suicide? I'm assuming because he had Jughead as a student. Alcoholism. No. <laughs> but Jughead drove him to the alcoholism. I mean, probably. Jughead was like, "Let's talk about in cold blood." Again, for the 12th time. And the teacher's like, I need some wild turkey. <laughs> He's just down in the wild turkey. <laughs> He's like, yeah, death of the author. How about, how about death of the professor? And <laughs> jumps out the window. Yes, I, this is my favorite character of the whole show. Uh, yeah, so he's dead. And then uh, DuPont the Kappa, which is what I'm calling him now because I think he looks like a turtle man. He's the villain. Um, and he's all like, he's doing like threats to Jughead, but it's like those double talk, like, ooh, we're fancy rich people. Let us threaten you, but not actually threaten you. And it's all like, oh, Jughead, I would suggest dropping that nonsense about your father, grandfather being an author, or else he may meet the fate of some other crazy ass people who have been in this show and have died. You're like, chill out, Kappa bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get some Betty. Betty shows up. Betty is going to go. Nice. Betty is, you know, it just cuts to Betty. Betty is going to go to uh, Stonewall Academy for the Thanksgiving break because everyone's going to be gone. It's going to be her and Jughead hanging out. Mm-hmm. I assume this was filmed around the time that Hustlers was because I swear she's got Hustlers hair. I swear the hair that she's got <laughs> in this episode looks like all the previews I've seen for Hustlers. Valeska, Doesn't am I crazy? No, and which and, and, and right now there's like there's like some weave and some waviness not weave but like it's like wavy in this episode uh maybe i wasn't paying attention i guess oh i'm always paying attention to betty's hair that's a weird comment i just made anyway so they're having this nice from moment Jason, not from you <laughs> <laughs> they're having this uh this moment and then uh you know 
as they're preparing for their home away from home, oh, Mr. James Spader overhears, and he gets a devious look on his face, for he has a plan. Valeska, okay, I was going to say, Valeska, what is his plan, and how does this very short, pretty insignificant plot line play out in this episode? Um, so basically, Betty and Jughead are trying to order food because they are hungry, but there's an ice storm, so nobody's going to deliver. So they decide to go out to the vending machine and just have cookies and chips, as you do. So Jughead goes out to get their provisions, and then he turns around and notices someone wearing a Your Next mask and carrying an axe. Betty knocks that person out. We find out it's James Spader because he and Donna decided for some reason to dress up as axe murderers for profit? Nobody really knows why. For lols. For the lols. That's that's so. how you do... That's how you do pranks, guys. You just dress up as an axe murderer, and they well, get really mad I mean, when it turns out that out that Jughead has the most badass girlfriend in history because she's fought like fucking fifty serial killers at this point and bashes the dude on the back of the head. You don't fuck club. around with Betty. Sorry. She fucks him up. It's pretty great. And then yeah, she stitches she's just straight up. Too. Yeah, yeah. She straight up breaks his head. She bams him on the head, and then like the other girl is like. Oh, why fought thou damage James Spader's head? And you're like, oh, come on. Like, James Spader's dumb. You don't even like him. You can tell that girl doesn't even like him. That girl is his cohort in crime, and, like, she doesn't even like him that much. Can we talk for a but second anyway, about how the Baxter Brothers, Brothers franchise is worth over $200 million? That seems that is impressive. excessive. I don't, I, don't, I don't even think the Hardy Brothers is worth that much money. I think, I like, think the Hardy... So. The Hardy no. Brothers is probably like what, like five nickels at this point. A dollar fifty in like a whopper. That's what the Hardy Brothers are worth. Yeah, I mean they haven't been doing much lately. Nancy Drew is much better. There's but nobody yeah. other younger than um, the people on this podcast that know who the fuck the Hardy Brothers even are. It's true. It's true. So, so yeah. Anyways, I'm like dying here. Oh my Sorry. god, they are the Hardy Brothers. <laughs> See, we. The, for some so Riverdale's fake fakeness has started to like seep into my real life. I don't know what uh, I can only say Glamberger eggs now. Uh, you know, I you show I up to work know. in your next masks holding axes. Yeah, you know. exactly. I can't have three musketeers bars. I only have three buccaneers bars. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's infecting every point of my life. Uh, but anyways, they decide that uh, they're now going to investigate the murder. Uh, what they suspect is the murder of Monsieur. Oh, what was his name? What was dumb? What was the professor's name? Valeska, do you remember the professor's name? Uh, uh, I did like five minutes ago, and now I can't remember. It's like John Johnny Mnemonic. So Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to investigate what happened to, to him, and uh, they, I hope Ice T shows see- up. Oh yeah, Ice T just Ice T. I wish Ice T showed up because then he'd just be like, "Fuck all of this shit. This is insane." As a kangaroo mutant. As a kangaroo mutant, I'm down. Uh, but yeah, so they do this by playing "Never Have I Ever." Okay, now this is where one of the bi- biggest things that I have a question about in this episode. Valeska, you probably do know the answer to this, but I want to ask Jason. Jason, how the fuck do you play "Never Have I Ever"? And it's a drinking game version. Dupe. Um. So, uh, never have I ever is like, hey, 
Um, me, you, and Veleska are sitting around, and I'm like, never have I ever had um, intercourse with a monkey, and the people who have, drink. That's how you play the game. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. Huh? Okay, wait. They're not playing it right, then. then yeah, okay, because this, okay, this definitely doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying, because... though? That's like how I've always played it. Like, somebody... Yeah declares I've never done this and the people who have are then forced to drink because they have done it. And that's how you okay. know who's done it. I think Riverdale for some reason played it the opposite way because for some reason they have like five strikes and that like that's what it seemed like Vel- Veleska, am I crazy here? Did it seem like they had like five strikes and if you strikes. had done something they played it in unfriended also. So if you had done the thing then you put one finger down and once you get down to like zero fingers up then I guess you yeah, lose. okay. And so then if you haven't done the thing, then you drink. I mean, I imagine um, if you lived in Riverdale, you've probably done a whole bunch of stupid fucking shit. So if you just took a drink every time you did something fucking stupid, well, then just, the game would last two seconds. Well, it's an arbitrary thing where just like some random person would drink, even if other people had also done the same thing. Right, okay. What? So, so any, anyway, so, yeah, so now... The, but basically, the weird... what they're trying to do with this game is trying to get them to admit to being a secret society by playing yeah, because... the game and like asking them that question as if they will admit to it because they're playing Never Have I Ever. Yeah, I'm... you know, the fucking bond of fellowship that is Never <laughs> Have I Ever. Um... Or the police interrogations would be so easy. I, I'm gonna... I'd like to um, play this game with you guys, Never Have I Ever, and I'm just gonna start with episode one of Riverdale and be like, Never Have I Ever Seen Episode One of Riverdale. Never Ever Seen Episode Two. And then wait until I have to call the ambulance for, you know, alcohol poisoning. We should have actually put together a Never Have I Ever game for this episode. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. So, Mr. Dahmer, Never Have I Ever eaten a person <laughs> got uh, me guys gotcha gotcha <laughs> you're arrested okay so. that's, that's, that is a fucking great idea when i start my police force that i'll be like the only way you can interrogate suspects is through never have i ever that's the, that's the law curses by what it does not work for uh jughead yeah, it doesn't work for Jughead, but okay, but the way that they're playing it, so Valeska, the way that we're, we're playing it is that if you haven't done it, you drink, right? That's how they play it in the Git show? No, because she had done the thing, and then she drank anyway. Okay, that's what, was what I was... So they don't, that was they, what I was confused about, because I thought that was the show forgetting that they had done that in episode one, because I mean, otherwise, should... wouldn't she just put her finger down? I mean, I should be surprised, but it is fucking outrageous that the writers of Riverdale can't even get the simplest game in the history of games right. You know what I think it is? I think I'm stupid, and I don't know how anything works in life. So let's just move on. I just think, no. Or three of them put their fingers down and only one drank. The madness, the madness of Riverdale. This right. is why, if you if you could see the recording, it's called Riverdale Madness. Stop second guessing yourself. Going insane because I don't understand how they played. Never have I ever. <laughs> what the fuck? Somebody, no, Andrew. Somewhere. It is the show that is oh. wrong, not you. Oh God. Anyways, okay, whatever. We find out that old Mister Chippins. Wow, I accidentally remembered his name. Anyways, uh, Mr. Kibbles and Bits was having an affair with the with one of the students, Donna, and that and that's what they find out. Donna, yep. 
Donna. So he's having an affair with Donna. I'm sorry, none of these characters so far have been memorable enough for me to remember their name, which I feel like rude. Donna's okay. Donna has some charm to her, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't seem to have much going on in the writer's mind, so they don't give her much to do. And then James Spader is just fuck nut, fuck Boyington. I don't know what his name is. Uh, But anyway, so she was having an affair with Mr. Chippins, and then... And he finds uh, uh, a piece of evidence in her room during the uh, Never Have I Ever game, which seems to tie her to possibly his suicide. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Like, Betty's like, oh, this person who I've pulled some evidence and showed that this person was important to your life, you must have caused his suicide. It's like a tie pin that has the um, Secret Society emblem on it. Very suspicious. Yeah, maybe maybe that's just Betty being sexist because like she could have been in the secret society. Well, it has uh, Chippin's um, initials on it, so. Oh, fair. Maybe she was using a fake name. That's what have been. She was. Maybe she was. <laughs> Betty should have thought. What do you that. think was? What do you think her fake name was? Ah, okay. Um, Manfred <laughs> Cockatoo. Are you Manfred Cockatoo. His first name is Mister. <laughs> Mister. <Yeah>. Manfred <laughs> Cockatoo. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so now that Betty so rudely ousted this very uh, thing, special thing that she then goes to the principal and tells about the affair that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really change happen. the fact that it's still suicide, though. And the, and the Riverdale High was like, hi, was like uh, yeah, of course. No, 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 no. This is Stonewall Preparatory School. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, right. right. Gotcha. They don't. They don't allow that kind of those kinds of shenanigans at Stonewall. Oh no! You know, prep schools are known for having flawless uh, records when it comes to how they treat their students. <laughs> Sorry, That's... Valeska, I cut you off. You were going to say something. That was like ten minutes ago. I have no idea what what it was now at this point. Ooh, oof. <laughs> I really My like the stained glass windows at Stonewall Prep. It's true. It's true. The, the, it's the those place. are nice. Those are nice. Hey, um. Valeska, what are FP and Alice doing for most of this episode? Fucking. Yeah. Am I, I attest that FP is now my favorite character in the show because he's always wearing glasses. This is Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich always has these glasses on when he reads. And then, like, he's he's really mastered the, like, bullshit, like, oh, God, this is some Riverdale bullshit. Like, he just, like, looks down the rim of his glasses. He looks at whoever he's talking to. He's like... Oh, we're doing this bullshit again? Yeah. And, like, when he takes Can... them off and then just, like, shakes his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> everything That's everything good. FP does now is my favorite. I just love all of his expressions. He's so done with his shit. Anyways, after they done fucking, they decide they don't want to be cooking. So instead of cooking, they go out to Pops. Because nothing's better for Thanksgiving dinner than apparently the one fucking restaurant in Riverdale... This is where all reality of Riverdale makes no fucking sense to me. Maybe I'm just pretentious as fuck, but I would probably want to go to a fancier meal for Thanksgiving dinner. Do they have uh, another restaurant in Riverdale? Do they? Like, I don't know. Like, they don't have anything. I mean, like, for a school that's like... Uh, it's it's in like a small town. It's a pretty multicultural school. They've got to have something other than uh, generic burgers and milkshakes. Well, they have the arcade with the pizza. Oh yeah, why didn't they go to the pizza arcade? Yeah. Those guys are fun. Those guys are fun little. Because they never cut scamps. the pizza. 
And anyways, there's nobody there at Pop's shop except for Hiram motherfucking Lodge. Hold up, hold up, hold That's up. what the mayor's doing, really? Why, we have to talk about why Hiram and Hermione showed up there. Why did they not have the turkey dinner at their place? <laughs> Crap. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 So there's. Okay. So there's. We got a FP mad at Hiram. FP is mad at Hiram because Hiram became mayor and was like, "Hey, you gotta shut down Archie's home for wayward boys." I hear they've been shenanigans. And then FP shows up and he's like, "Yo, you Archie can't open this place anymore. You gotta close it down." But if I was you, Archie, I would say, "Fuck the man." And I guess I'm the man, so fuck me. Anyways, <laughs> bye, Archie. Have a nice day. So then he goes home to Alice, and he's like, oh, I'm grumpy. And then Alice is like, let's fuck. And then they have sex, and then he's not as grumpy, so they go out and get a meal. Anyways, the reason why Hiram and Hermione walk in is because Hiram, Hermione, and Hermosa's just not there, right? Hermosa has no, disappeared? she's there. She's there, like, um, for okay. one scene. She's just waiting Okay, for she is the there for one scene. Carved. Yeah, okay, so she's just hanging out at this Thanksgiving dinner. It's looking great. Veronica walks in, and she's all like, how dare you fuck with Archie's business, you motherfucker. And then Hiram's like, well, let's not talk about this. Let's have this nice dinner first. It looks great. And then in so some good. badass baller move, what does Veronica do, Valeska? She grabs the tablecloth and pulls it towards her, knocking all of the food onto the floor, breaking all of the dishes, making a huge mess. It's pretty amazing. Oh, my God. Oh my god. It's unclear if she wasn't, in, in fact, trying to do a magic trick and it just failed horribly. <laughs> um, but needless yeah, to say, Thanksgiving dinner before, is ruined. So. You, no, you guys just don't understand because you're Canadian. That's what we do at American Thanksgiving is we just pull the fucking tablecloth out from underneath the food. That's what we do. Oh, yeah. It sounds like Americans do waste a lot of things. So, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Okay, so, so now of the fact that... Food, um, can I just say a little bit about Archie's School for Wayward Boys? Oh, we're going to so get to that. Monroe... That's the last plot. Okay. That's the last plot. Because I, I, there's the most shenanigans happen there. So I have to talk about ghost turkey and how it gets there. Anyways, we'll get there. And I'll have you, Valeska, intro the thing because I have too many emotions to logically talk about it. <laughs> so anyway, so now um, Hiram and Hermione show up with FP and Alice at pops apparently they just sent hermosa home because now if hermosa was at the thanksgiving dinner the fact that they didn't invite her out to pops yeah, is, is like eating? the biggest fuck you she what does hermosa she, eat she doesn't she's just go home to the eating RTs. floor turkey she's oh just God. crying she, she's just she's crying like drinking the mashed potatoes from the carpet to her mouth with her hand <laughs> got <with> the spoon. <laughs> she's just like chugging Hiram's rum and being like just crying and like eating floor turkey and Hiram's like this is too sad even for me I'm leaving let's go to Pops so anyways um, for some reason uh, I think it's Alice Alice rec recommends that they come and eat with them so they're all eating and it's getting tense and it's getting tense. So then they decide to go and go downstairs and drink because nothing relieves tension like alcohol. Anyways, they start Fact. getting in each other's grill and then all of a sudden the gangster and FP comes out. At least that's pretty much how this fucking episode treats it. And he breaks a bottle and holds it up to Hiram's throat. And then Hiram's like, kill me, kill me now. He's like, he's like, <laughs> thinking, he's he's like thinking he's fighting the predator and he's like, come here, kill me, kill me, come here, kill me. 
and uh, trying to lure him to kill him because I guess he's just really sad and wants to end his life. I don't know. Maybe there's well, some more to hire him, but yeah. I'm a um, sad mayor. But he doesn't, and they just go home. That is all mm-hmm. we used to see from them. They're fine. But now we get to go to the dumbest but also the most events that happen in this episode. That's what happens to the plot. Valeska, what's going on with Archie's home for wayward boys? I mean, I hope we're also going to talk about the uh, Cheryl Blossom thing as well, but... Yes, there's Cheryl Blossom in this episode. I'm so excited. There's so much. Um, Okay, so Archie and Monroe have decided that they're going to feed dozens of wayward boys a Thanksgiving meal using two ovens. I don't know how that's going to work. Oh, okay. So does this explain the mystery turkey then? Uh, in the deep fryer? No, no, no. Uh, that turkey explodes, and then at the end of the episode, they're still eating a turkey, and I want to know where that fuck that turkey came from. Well, Veronica figured out their plan to feed dozens of boys with two ovens, and she decided to bring in um, catering. <laughs> so that's where they got the rest of the food. Because mm, teenage boys so do not she... know what goes into a Thanksgiving dinner, apparently. Well, I mean, that's fair. That's probably accurate. Let's be real. So they do have an, a, a deep fryer that they're going to deep fry a turkey in as well, which seems questionable to me, but hey, Why? maybe it's an American thing. Yeah, it, Americans it, do deep fry turkeys for some bizarre reason because we're fat. Do you really? And uh, yeah, like... so yeah, Americans do. Wow. There, there's some deep frying turkeys going on. But apparently here. that's what Archie's dad used to do, so it's, like, very meaningful to him. Uh-huh. Um, you know. And, I mean, like... There's some, there's some it, surprise guests that show up. <laughs> Archie and his abs sir, looks like he eats a lot of deep-fried turkeys, okay? Yeah, but but I want to say, like, this is some character assassination to Luke Perry. Um, we do not know if he would have actually fried a turkey, deep-fried a turkey. Luke Perry has a look of a man who knows how to cook. And uh, I just don't accept this uh, spitting on his legacy that Riverdale is doing. <laughs> so uh, you you mentioned the pizza and arcade uh, place. Um, you know, do you remember who runs the pizza and arcade place? Uh, it was Dodger who ended up in the uh, rolled up in a carpet at the end of the last episode. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes, old now. carpet Dodger. That's what we call him now. So you know. Uh, Jason, uh, what do you norm do you do you normally have relatives or family over for Thanksgiving? I mean, not if I can help it. Okay. Well, uh, if you were <laughs> unconscious, do you think they would still show up? Um, if I was unconscious? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, like if, if you were in a coma. Just show up to my house and start eating my food? Um, I, well, not your house. They would would you think they would still show up for Thanksgiving if you were in a coma? Um, do you think they would be looking for vengeance if you were in a coma? I don't think they would be looking for vengeance, no. What if it was the one pardon turkey that did it? Do you think they'd search for vengeance then? They would come fuck that turkey up. Okay, okay, good to know, good to know. I just need to gauge your family history. That's that's what we're doing over there. Uh, But, yeah, so Dodger has a career criminal family, I guess, which are all, like, this discount mobsters who, like, again... This entire criminal underworld didn't come into play at all last season where there were just criminal underworlds abound. Like, what did they lose all their business to the Gargoyle King? Or are they filling in the gap of the Gargoyle King and they just bought a pizza and arcade joint to yeah. then do it? No, I don't when know. When did the show become... Of... Fuck... 
Go ahead, Raiders of Riverdale just ended up reading Oliver Twist, and that's why this is all happening. Because Dodger's <laughs> relatives' names are Darla and Fagan. Oh my god. Dickinson. Yeah, and, His last name is yep. Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're going to show up to Archie's fun house and ruin his fun Thanksgiving deep-fried dinner and get some old-fashioned revenge. Not because oh they know god. Archie did it, but because they knew Archie had beef with this gangster oh. who probably had beef with 90% of the fucking town. But they're like, mm, it was this Archie character. So they're going to go and they're going to show up and <laughs> this is when some tension starts to build. Yeah, because they have because guns on the table. They put their guns in front of them on the table while they're waiting for food. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like that's a why. Power move. It's a power move. It's a it's a power move. But, you know, you know Archie's like, I got to feed these kids. I won't let you shoot me. Arr, and they have some, well, I like, mean, debates uh, and then... I just want to say, like, this is also an American thing. We just, sometimes we feed ourselves deep fried turkey with guns. That's what we do. I believe that, yeah. actually. We load the gun full of deep fried turkey and try to shoot it into our mouths. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It is. Uh, it is. Black powder and mashed potatoes. Delicious. Sure. Okay. Yeah. For sure. What? That's cool. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Molly Ringwald gets a gun, holds them at gunpoint, they're about to all shoot and fight, and then all of a sudden the deep-fried turkey explodes because dumb-dumb boys try to deep-fry a turkey in, uh, inside, and it goes boom-boom-boom-boom, and everyone's like, oh, goodness gracious, and they all leave, mm-hmm. and I think there's a few, uh, isn't there not a few, like, I will have my revenges, oh, or do probably. they come together? I don't know. It's dumb. Archie still got this place that used to be a boxing ring, but now is a wayward home for boys. Probably doesn't fall under any housing code or anything. Like, that place is definitely not up to code. Uh, technically, it's probably still owned by Hiram Lodge, which we'll find out miraculously next season. But, yeah, that's what they do. They all eat Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. it's great. Oh, joy. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. We're all together. Oh. Speaking of people who are all together, uh, we then cut to Cheryl Blossom. Now, if you recall, Cheryl Blossom had a bit of a kerfuffle happen in that she murdered her uncle last week. Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, no. What are they going to do with the body? Well, they have a real simple idea. They're just going to... There's an ice storm coming, so they're just going to throw him in the river, wait for the river to freeze over. Now, I don't know what Cheryl's thinking because who knows when Archie will need to punch the river again and would find it, but hey whatever Ooh. i mean she's literally the one who archie defeated the river so if anyone's gonna find out about the murder it's gonna be archie because he's just fighting rivers all the time <laughs> um but uh they decide to come up with a bit of a different plan or maybe they don't they need to get rid of bedford and what's her name they need to get rid of bedford and aunt cricket is uh hanging out cricket. around the house kind of like just doing the stakeout thing so they can't really get the body out of the house while she's there so they have to figure out a way to convince her to leave now, and not ask any more questions and they come now, up with now, a really Jason, plan for this Jason mm. how the fuck do you think they solve this plot because it no. seems like it's a bit complex but this plot with all of this family solved by the end of this episode really including body disposal it's all solved how how do you think it was solved? I think Cheryl uh, proceeds to then murder Cricket and Cousin Fester and then makes them the Thanksgiving dinner and then all the bodies are gone. Interestingly, that's close. Yeah, so, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. 
So Cheryl brings them all over for Thanksgiving dinner. They are family, after all. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. come and they'll have a Thanksgiving dinner. Can I mm-hmm. just interject and say and that Julian is sitting at the head of the table? The doll? Yes, <laughs> Julian the doll is at the table. Uh, this and this is where I draw the line. Nobody's showing up to your Thanksgiving dinner if you have a creepy fucking possessed doll there. Oh, d- just wait. They do a lot more than that. Anyways, Actually, so, maybe I would show up. I don't know. I don't so, show up under those circumstances. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. So at dinner, um, you know, they, uh, you know, Cheryl wants to get Nana Blossom's opinions and stories out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns it turns out that in all likelihood, the last name of the Blossoms is actually Donner's because she done tell some Donner party bullshit. They're She's going to cannibalize them. This is Did wonderful. You, I thought you just said cancelize. Cancelize, uh, like, yes. Cancelize. Is that what canceled people eat other canceled people? Yes. Uh, yep. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, so she's like, oh, Nana, tell us a story about the time that we ate in them people. And then, uh, Cricket and Bedford is like, oh, this is hardly appropriate for the dinner table. And then Cheryl's like, but I ate that, I ate Julian, and he's sitting there right now. Wave, Julian. And Julian doesn't do anything, but he's like, Julian's there. (laughs) And then, and then, and then Cheryl is just like, we, we blossoms have a history of cannibalism. What do you think of your specially prepared meat pies? And then old Mr. Bedford takes a big old bite of pie. Fester does. Oh, Fester. Sorry, Bedford's dead. Uh, he can't eat pie yet. You know, it's Riverdale. And he pulls out a ring. <laughs> and he thinks it's Uncle Bedford's ring. So they think that they just ate Uncle Bedford. Well, technically it is Uncle Bedford's ring. So that word Ray is not sanitary. So in order to get the family to leave them alone, they go, hey, if we tell about this scandal about this you eating this man, it will probably affect the sale of the business. Therefore, what? you should just go away and leave us alone. Oh, also, we have one more person to come to the dinner, Tony. And then Tony just wheels out with, like, super fun Hot Wheels. And then uh, it's it's Jason. She brings Jason Blossom's corpse out. And they're like, oh, dear goodness. Like, this is the greatest Thanksgiving dinner of all time. And they're like, I have oh, to say. Oh, dearie me, is that your brother's corpse? Oh, my goodness. We must leave and tear up. Just roll a corpse out. And then, and then they leave. And then Cheryl's just like, well, Tony, I think we did really good. We tricked him into cannibalism, and we can get rid of his body easy. Uh, what is what is? It the was blossom? not actually cannibalism. It they didn't. I, I get it. But what is the... <laughs> See, I don't what? get it, because why would the show choose to draw that line? You already killed a man. Make him eat him. <laughs> just go all the way, Riverdale. Don't start playing coy with us now. Show also, what way. if Uncle Fester doesn't notice the ring and just chokes on it and dies at the table? Now you have a whole new problem. Not really. I mean, either way, one of them's dead, now two of them's dead. Then you have to kill Cricket, right? Well, Cricket would just die of fright. <laughs> uh, what is their family business again? Um, maple syrup. So... Would you ever be like, I really loved that maple syrup until I found out that family was cannibals. Now I'm switching to Aunt Jemima. Oh, I was about to say, I don't know what Aunt Jemima does with her time, but I'm okay with the delicious syrup, so. Right. 
Right. I don't care if they're cannibals that make maple syrup. Valeska, what did you think of this plot? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Anything Cheryl does, I'm on board for. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and, and I love that uh, yeah, she get... brought up eating Julian in the womb to other yeah. people outside of like her inner circle. Yeah, so well, that just proves that that is not a one-off. Uh, that is the thing that they are committing to, the eating part. They're like, no, 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 she num num numbed that right. fetus. You gotta own that, you know what I mean? I guess so, I guess so. And, and it'll come up next episode, too. Um, now, uh, did I miss anything, Valeska? Is there anything else important? Is there a flash-forward? Is there a flash-forward about this uh, Jughead this shenanigans? One. It's in the next one. Uh, it's in the next one, okay. Anything I missed here? Any plot points? Uh, so when Betty's going through Donna's room looking for incriminating evidence and she finds some, she picks it up with her hands, which I would think that junior FBI agents would know not to do. I don't know. So what do you think that uh, for Thanksgiving dinner, nobody invited her half-brother to anything? Not her, not her mom, nobody. Nobody wanted the half-brother there. Right. Right, he was probably, maybe he, oh my god, if they would have cut to him and Chick having Thanksgiving dinner together, that would have been the greatest scene ever. Oh, because I hate them both and I just want them to die, so it would have been bad. <laughs> um, but for uh, for this, probably before we get into, into that, um, we will have a line reading of some of the best lines of the episode. So be prepared for Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. I will be playing, I don't know, Fester, Uncle Fester in one of them. And it's, you know, in the lines, you know, I just, I don't care. Valeska's playing Cheryl, the only one with the real good lines. Uh, I'm not playing uh, anyone with any good lines. But, you know, let's just get right into it. Let's just get right into this juiciness. We Blossoms have always been highly carnivorous. I mean, I ate my brother Julian in the womb. And you're eating those meat pies we prepared especially for you. Ow, my tooth. And done. That was that was educational. That was <laughs> educational, you know. Okay, oh. so I have some slam book stuff. You do have some slam book stuff. I oh, do. great. Uh, Perfect. Let's go right into slam book. Betty and Jughead in their adorable PJs. Worst dressed, Fagin Dickinson. Best dramatic gesture, Veronica's tablecloth pull. I wish I could pull that off. Best name, Fester Blossom. I'm sure you agree. Worst name, Aunt Cricket. Most insane plan, Cheryl Blossom's cannibal dinner. And most inane plan, Betty and Jughead's never have I ever debacle. Fair, fair. You know, those are those are some solid, solid picks. Um, you know, Uncle Fester sucks. I hate him. He's Cousin Fester. Whatever the fuck his name. I cousin hate him. Fester. I hate him. Also, also, I bet you could do the uh, pull the tablecloth and ruin Thanksgiving dinner if you really wanted to. I don't know if I have the upper arm strength. I mean, that was at least like a 25-pound turkey. Yeah, but you got... I, I believe in your ability to ruin Thanksgiving, Valeska. Believe in yourself and your ability to ruin... Well, I'll start working out now, and by next October... I'll be good. <laughs> You're just deadlifting a bunch of frozen turkeys. That would be that would be the best gym exercise, I believe. I believe in you, Jason. How many river punches would you give this episode? I mean, I really found um, 
I found myself enraptured by this Thanksgiving um, premise of Cheryl Blossom. I'm always in for when Cheryl's there. Um, it seems like the madness follows her. Um, so, I mean, I'm going 670,000 river punches for this episode. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Valeska, how many river punches would you give this? give it 50,000. I really like the uh, Cheryl storyline as well. Um, I like that they're going with the cannibalism thing, like full throttle. I think that that's yeah. very promising, yeah. fertile ground, and I hope that we see more of it. I'd like to see her actually eat a person on screen. Whole. Yeah. Bones and everything. Oh, yeah. See, I give, I, I give this a point two five because Whoa. Know, I, I didn't know. This episode, it did, did not was not crazy enough for me. A Nothing, turkey exploded. A turkey exploded, and then another, then then another magic turkey showed up. This gets two fallen turkeys out of seventy million river punches. If they had fed the family actual people, would you have been more? Oh, I would have been so down. I'm Mm. mad because they didn't cannibalize anyone in this episode. I feel like it it feels to me, and I didn't see it, but it feels like a missed opportunity to do like a Hannibal-like situation where you see them cutting the food and... Oh, they could have, yeah, they could have played it up more. They could have shown some prep where you're like, oh, this is like some Hannibal Lecter food point. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. You could have, honestly, you could have ditched like 90% of the Archie stuff in this and just have it be exploding turkeys plot plot Mm. solved. You could just ditch Archie Uh, throughout the whole series. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's fair that's fair boom so now we're on to in treatment oh what an episode this was we actually or as i like the storyline which i did not think would happen yep that's literally my first note it says cache returns they get another tape and this time it's even closer oh my god I I think it's Betty Betty's brother who's doing it just because they've got to give him. You something just to hate do. him. I hate him so much, but I don't know who the watcher is. So I wrote, "Who the watcher? Who is he? Who's watching him? Who do you think it is?" Jason, who's the watcher? You know. <sighs> FP. Uh, okay. I mean, he does seem really angry a lot lately. Maybe he's kind of mm-hmm. channeling that anger into voyeurism. Does that help? Mm-hmm. FP is my favorite character right now, so I'm sure they'll ruin him by doing that. So, yeah, that sounds right. That's why he's wearing glasses. He likes to watch. Um, so suddenly oh, this good. this episode suddenly is like oh. – <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that was good. I'll give some props for that. How about um, not Principal Honey? <laughs> is the... Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe yeah, it's maybe. Principal Honey. Maybe it's the ghost of – Edgar Evernever, who won't leave, he just shows up again, <laughs> and it's just like. It didn't start until Honey showed up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess not. And he could and literally be honey potting people. So. Oh, I like it. I like it. I think I like we have it. our number one. That's, got, like that's that. You always have to suspect the person they just added to the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned Hannibal. Uh, we got Gina Torres showing up in this episode. Oh, shit. Except for this time, instead of being psychiatrized, which is a word, by Hannibal, uh, she is the one being the psychiatrist oh. to all of the characters. Because this is one of those episodes called 
we want everyone to remember how fucking crazy this plot is. So we're going to have characters come in, talk about their plots and their feelings, cry a bunch, eat some candy, mm-hmm. and also uh, remember uh, we're seniors and college is coming up. Go. And that's basically the plot of this episode. Well, actually, I think the plot of the episode, what they do with the therapy sessions is actually use them as a way to kind of reflect on how insane the writing is. Because they just kind of like recap all the things that have happened to each of the characters, like in an exposition dump. And it's amazing. Because you get all the insanity in like one paragraph. So it's kind of hard to cover as like as an episode because it's like this episode is just other like it's just people talking about their feelings about the events that have happened in the episode. Uh, so, for example, like Betty is there and you got Betty and her mom because Betty's got lots of mom issues and she's also got dad issues. She's also got sister issues. Yeah, Betty's not really close with her family. But anyways, but this is specifically dealing with her mom stuff. So they have, you know, have a pretty cool back and forth about that, which is which is interesting. It's really well um, done. Yeah, it's actually it actually is really well done. It's not too bad. Um, KJ Appa gives the best performance that I've ever seen him give on this show when he's talking about how sad he is that his dad's gone and how he wants to be a hero for Riverdale and how, why he's being a vigilante. And also, it's they let him it's keep his shirt like, on. I know client privilege. Yeah, I guess they did. They did let him keep a shirt on. KJ Appa has some acting skills, and I thought this was a nice scene. He cries a bunch. It's good. It shows some emotion. Makes me care about Archie for like five seconds, and then I remember, oh yes, he's just gonna punch things. That's the only way they have him <laughs> deal with these emotions. Um, now again, imagine you are coming in as like a school therapist to all the problems that the characters in Riverdale have. Jesus Christ! Like. You'd be like, the fuck kind of glee bullshit is this? Like, what did I just walk <laughs> into? This is insane. This is nuts. Um, but Gina Torres takes it all in stride because, of course, she does. She's Gina Torres. Like, nothing moves her. Nothing, nothing phases her at all. Um, Jughead's is Jughead being like standoffish and getting mad because she misuses sayings. Uh, Valeska, what saying does she misuse again? What phrase does uh, does she misuse that gets Jughead in such a in such a tizzy? Well, I realized when we, I was watching this that I'm the exact same kind of asshole that Jughead is because she uses the phrase "chasing windmills" instead of "tilting at windmills," and he and I both got very heated about that. So I'm a dick. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. How much of those chocolates would you have taken? Um, three. Three? Okay, fair. Jughead three? took way more than three. He took a shit ton. To he be fair, took she told all me of them. Good. Um, She's like, that boy looks hungry. It's fair. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That boy looks hungry, and he don't eat enough. Um, But we also get some very interesting Cheryl dialogue. Um, So good, we're going to have to throw it into Masterpiece Theater, where we will read off the insane plots and life of Cheryl Blossom. I'm not playing Cheryl Blossom again. I am playing Gina Torres poorly because Gina Mrs. Torres Verbal. is a treasure and I am not. I don't. Her name is Mrs. Verbal. Burble. 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 I'm playing Gina Torres. <laughs> so Cheryl, would you like a three buccaneers? I don't eat nougat. I don't take bribes. And I don't talk to trade school flunkies about my feelings. 
You know, Cheryl, the only way you're going to get what you want, your vixen's back, is if you talk to me about you. Okay, then. I have a rapturous girlfriend, total independence, a 4.0, and amazing hair. Are we done? And yeah, her plot sounds insane when you read it all succinct like that and kind of bring everything up to light. Uh, It is insanely, absolutely bonkers. And uh, no, I totally understand why... uh, why she would also have some emotional moments in in this episode. Now we do get some very interesting revelations that aren't actually covered in that in that dialogue piece. We discover where the show thinks it's going with the the plot line about A Jason and B Julian. The answer is gaslighting. Which means which means this episode is setting up to exactly rip off the boy. You know how we talked about the boy being a doll in the house? Mm-hmm. Somebody is living in Cheryl's attic. I called it. She's Yeah, it's a full-on boy situation. That's my, my hypothesis, is that it's a full-on boy situation. He's Someone's <laughs> showing up, moving. He's, he's, Jason's living there. I guarantee you. Oh my god, it's, it's actually Jason. You're like, it's- what? Who's this corpse? I just made him look like me. Yep, it's a puppet. That's that's Johnson Blossom. He's your 17th cousin. I just stuffed him in there. But like, it literally goes to the point where it's 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 implying that like when she talks to Jason and she gets a response, that there's somebody there giving her a response. Mm -hmm. Kind of implies that. It's just like. She's just like, I've been having a real hard day. And then she just hears muffled from the door. What? What's going on? Please let me know. I'm totally here. It's cool. Don't mind the muffled noise. It's hard to speak with a decayed diaphragm. Um, but I'm not sure. I trying to sure. do her, like, her, her best Jason Blossom impression. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, every time Nana Rose puts on the eye patch, that's when she's really playing a new character. Yes. I want her to bring that back. I know, me too. She was rocking. She was really rocking that eye patch. Um, But yeah, like, oh, Veronica gets into Harvard. Jughead finally applies to a school. Betty doesn't get into school, or does Betty get into school? Um, she doesn't get into one school. She didn't get into Yale, but she did get another. She's a junior. Isn't she in the junior FBI? She's got bigger shit to do. Yeah, exactly. I feel like she maybe quit that. No, she definitely didn't. But the the show did because it realized we didn't like it. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Archie just applied for Punch Punch School, and he hasn't got in yet. I think he doesn't (laughs) want to go to school because he wants to help all the children. That's his plot. That's what he wants to do. It's kind of no. I respect that. Cheryl gets a bunch of absences from school, so we're not sure how that will affect her future, but she still has a 4.0 average, grade point average, so I don't know how the fuck that happens if she's dealing with, like, undead corpses all day, but, like, apparently they're really good at math. Oh. Necromancy, I guess. (laughs) Um, That's about it. Like, oh. Oh. Okay. So, Tony, at one point, when she gets brought back into the episode, why does Tony not get some psychological help? Point A. I would really like to have seen her moment where she got to talk to Gina Torres. Because I'm sure she would be like, yeah, there's only one lesbian girl in town. She fake cannibalized uh, her uncle. 
She real cannibalized her brother in the womb. She, oh God, she once tried to drown herself in a river and a, someone punched it so much she got free. Uh, you know, it's just a lot. It's just a lot for me, the supportive girlfriend who has always been the supportive girlfriend. Oh, also she's got her dead brother stuffed in on a chair, but that's neither there anymore. I want to do good with that. Um, yeah, I'm going through a lot right now. But they don't give her anything. She doesn't get to have that moment. Oh, okay. Jason, do you know about the chimera gene? Genes? Is it genes? Uh, what is it called? Is it chimerism? Because yeah. it's like when you're when two types of fluids are like you have two sets of dna do you know mm-hmm. about this no please please tell me enlighten me okay so I the only reason i know about this is because of a terrible serial killer um because it can be a case where your semen is a different dna type than like your saliva or your blood i think it might be blood type as well like it, you can have two different types of dna and that's why serial killer andre chikatilo didn't get caught for the longest time when he was in russia also really russia was crazy but uh yeah they just kind of got him on a fluke because someone had just read an article about it existing um and that's why they did the test on him because he was clearly the guy but they couldn't prove with dna evidence and then Mm. they proved it um but um the show posits that the only way that you get that is if you eat your womb baby like if you absorb another baby in the womb so the show is saying that Andre Chicatello ate a fetus while he was a fetus, and that's how he was able. That's to... just you know what? That's not even a stretch. That probably happened. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. That probably happened. <laughs> so, like, what stage of fetus growth must? I mean, obviously, you know, are you saying like if it goes too long, you can't? That can't happen. So, like, I don't understand. No, the it's science just, behind this it, idea. Well, we're saying yeah, there that is none. Um, Cheryl got a test to see if she actually has that, and if she had actually eaten or absorbed Julian in the womb. Turns out, she did not. Oh, so Julian's the one living in the attic. That's what we, we don't think. Know. I think that Julian's living in the attic. Mm. That's my guess. Maybe it's just, I don't know, her tap dancing third brother twice removed. <laughs> I don't know. Do Maybe it is just a living back- doll. Do you think they're going to bring back the actor that played Jason Blossom to play Julian when they eventually have him, like, come out of the Yes, yes, because all that guy is doing right now is uh, Lifetime erotica movies that we watched for this show earlier this year. And uh, let me tell you, that guy's not doing much. He probably really wants to be back. Well, I guess we have that to look forward to. Oh, we, we really do. Is there anything else in this episode? This episode is a short one because it's kind of like you kind of have to actually watch the episode and most of it is recapping other episodes. It's like a recap episode. I wish it was a clip show because I would love to just see I've seen like a mass of clips where it's just like fetus babies eating them and all that crazy shit. I love the idea that like Billy Elliot is living in the fucking attic. Just a tap dancing boy up there. Could happen. I don't know. know. So what we kind of glossed over at the beginning of the uh, Cheryl plotline is that she had her cheerleading squad taken away from her. And that's why she ended up (gasps) going into the um, therapy session, trying to get them back. She did not. So now she's really upset about that. She has to retire her head bitch in charge sweatshirt. That is a bummer. Oh, and Veronica is starting a rum war with Hiram. She's going to make oh, much better yeah. rum than him and destroy him. In the, most, in the most Veronica baller move, she 
declines Harvard because daddy got her into Harvard. She gets into Harvard and then goes, fuck that. I'm not going to be in Harvard. Eat shit, dad. And so dad walks in and she's drinking his prized first cast rum with her feet up on the table being like, yeah, bitch. I don't need to go to Harvard and I'm drinking your rum. Eat shit, dad. I also ruined Thanksgiving dinner. Yep, pretty much. That's what she does. So that's going to be a rum war. It's a rum war. I really also like the idea that uh, Andrew um, posited, which is like the um, <laughs> the Riverdale High fucking um, you know uh, therapists uh, just being in a rotation, like they just last for three days and then quit, and then they have to hire a new one. I think oh yeah, because really... they just they just go insane. That's how the <laughs> Sisters of Quiet Quiet Mercy had so many people in them. It was just all right. their old guidance counselors. Like, it's like the showing. governesses for the Von Trapp family. There's like a new one every three weeks. Yep. I wonder what adult is now in charge of the cheerleading squad and if they should go to jail or not. Uh, depends on who they are. I think you everyone in the show Mr. should go to jail. The flash forward at the Sorry? end as well. Oh yeah, there was a flash forward. What happened in this one? Anything? Okay, the flash forward at the end. You know how? Okay. Jason, how do police lineups usually work when you're trying to, like, identify a criminal? Wait a minute. Why are you asking me this question? Because I want you to answer it. feel like I've been in a lot of police lineups? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? If you had to hazard a guess as to how they operate. Well, based on my experience um, watching the usual suspects, they just get up and say stupid shit, and then they get freed. That's what happens. But who would be That's in the lineup? Know. Like, would it be just... People who look similar, okay. I think, right? So you because you're have... trying to... You wouldn't Go have, ahead. like, Archie and Veronica and Betty standing in a lineup with no one else and then ask someone to identify them uh, as criminals. No, because the point is somebody's been described by a witness and you're trying to make sure that they know who they're talking about. Yeah, that you know what sense, I mean? Like, you have... Well, that's not how it works in Riverdale. We just have Betty, Veronica, and Archie standing in front of uh, James Spader and Donna, who identify them as the people who killed Jughead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So were they saying those are the three people who probably did it? They're Is that the what the show's trying to say? In the lineup, so it has to be them, right? So who do you Look, think did it? It was Schmarchy, B- Jetty, and Burbarnaker. I think what happened is that Archie was punching a river and Jughead came down and was like, hey, what are you doing? And slipped and fell under Archie's punches and then that's how he died. No, no, no. What I think happened is Jughead was like, surprise, look at my river costume. Isn't it so great? And then it just said, uh, Archie drew murderous rampage. Oh, do we think she's hiding Jughead in the attic and that's he's actually alive? (laughs) Stonewall Prep does not exist. It's Cheryl Blossom's attic and that's where... (laughs) <laughs> Betty has oh been God. showing up and just, just yeah. feed has just been feeding into Jughead's delusion and constantly yep. moving uh moving Julian. I, I like, like it. it. I like it. That is uh, not out of the realm of That would explain why no one would deliver. Oh and it would explain why no one would deliver to them. Because I'm sure nobody wants to deliver to can or cannibal houses. <laughs> cannibal houses. Valeska, I believe you have a slam book, do you not? I do. Best name, Mrs. Burbles. Worst name, Charles W. Chickens. Best dress, Cheryl Blossom in her therapy dress. Worst job performance, Riverdale PD for the aforementioned lineup. Worst Riverdale mm-hmm. name is a tie mm-hmm. between Three Buccaneers and Fives Magazine, which is supposed to be Forbes Magazine. Best Riverdale oh. name, Butterflinger. 
What is it? Butterflinger? Butterflinger. The chocolate oh. heart. Oh. I, I thought Flinger? it was... I thought it was just Butterfinger. No. And I didn't notice any of the other <laughs> fake names because I guess I'm just used to this in Riverdale now. It just glosses over me. What after... F- I think after a flinger. After... After Glamberge eggs, I think I just like went into a coma and I woke up not being surprised from any Riverdale names anymore. Like it just you can't, over me. It's just normal. You can't take things that are actual words and just turn them into not real words and just be like, huh, isn't that funny? What the fuck is a flinger? Also, like, is big is big chocolate gonna be like you use butterfingers? <laughs> big chocolate? You, you do not do not insult. <laughs> Do not insult me by uh, assuming that Archie would be a butterfinger. Well, I mean, if Big Egg is <laughs> yeah, pissed off about the Flabberge thing. Yeah. Oh, Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale. I Jason, hate this fucking show. Jason, so how good. many punches? How much? How much punch? This sounds like a really boring episode. No, no, no. The, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This episode's actually really good and has a lot of good emotion. Like, it's a good episode of television, which makes it's it bad for a Riverdale podcast. Right. Because there's, like, yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. great acting, but, like, the problem is, like, the recap would be me recapping other characters, recapping their trauma, which is already mm-hmm. so many levels removed. They might as well hire you, Jason, to write the recap for the characters based <laughs> on the recaps that I give of me recapping shows. Two river punches. 82,000 okay. river punches. Mm. I like um, I'll give it a solid... I'll give it a solid 15. Really? 15 river punches. Yep, 15. Okay. <sighs> well, another... You're really, um, oh. you're really selfish with those river punches. I think you need to start, you know, handing some out. Handing some out? Handing some river punches out. Look... I can't, man. Unless you give me evil Knievel suits getting into rockets. Yeah. Like the, I hear you. Okay. We got to talk about characters who are missing. To you? No. No, it doesn't. Not in this show. <laughs> Not in this show. I, they need to, like, have... I am a monster, but that's a holy on uh, Aside's the point. Uh, I mean, like, they need to have complex emotions while about uh, dressed like evil Knievel preparing to get on a rocket ship. You wanted Edgar Evernever to be crying while he was, like, boarding the rocket? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. And I wanted (laughs) to start seeing ground control to Major Tom in the background, like, (laughs) non-ironically. If my dad hugged me one more time, I wouldn't be getting on this rocket ship. (laughs) (laughs) See? See? I wouldn't have murdered you if you were more accepting of me. Like, that's got to stop, right? That's what I want. Well, we know that the writers um, listen to this podcast, so maybe they'll uh, punch it up a little bit. I don't think <laughs> yeah. these writers listen to or read anything. We know that they read all of no. <laughs> I don't think they... I think they read the back of Oliver Twist. I don't think <laughs> they read the actual... I thought they read the cliff notes of Oliver Twist. Oh. They had somebody else read the... Loads of Oliver Twist to them. Jason, where can we find? <clears throat> yes, please go ahead. Where, where can we find your work on this world wide web? I mean, work is a very uh, loose term, but um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Bad Attitude Six. Uh, you can find me on Bloody Good Horror, occasionally writing some stuff, um, and you know we have a little podcast. On the Patreon for Bloody Good Horror, where Andrew, Valeska, uh, and a few other people 
you know, come together and to talk about. You just you just totally like Gilligan's Island that you were just like the skipper Marriott. <laughs> well, they're not on the show right now, so if they want to get their name called, show up to milkshakes and mimosas. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I specifically told them not to be on, but yes, blame <laughs> them for not being here. Sophie, our our lovely Sophie, and our um, a beautiful Luke as well. Um, I'm uh, beholden electric terror. Where we're currently talking about Stephen King miniseries, and we just watch the Langolier, so... Yeah, that um, happened. You know, pray for me. That happened. Pray for me. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I literally email. I literally mailed Valeska DVDs of The Stand yesterday, so... I'm very excited. <sighs> I've seen it, but okay. I'll see it again. Yep. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know. Get some more Molly Ringwald love, you know? Oh my god, this could be a crossover episode. We'll talk about both. (laughs) I'll just put it on. Can I just put it on both feeds? There you go. I hope Gary Sinise shows up for fucking Riverdale at some point. Oh, that would be amazing. I would. (laughs) That would be amazing. Whose secret brother would he be? Valeska. Who would he be? Whose secret brother? Uh, Oh, he's. I don't know. He's Jewel. He's Julian's secret brother. So Julian (laughs) will have another brother who somehow disconnected, even though he would have been a triplet. His brother, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan just shows up. <laughs> I was in Vietnam, you fucks. And then I was a shrimp boat captain. I piloted a shrimp boat and Vietnam. <laughs> and I once had a very sad New Year's Eve. <laughs> Those are all the most relevant points of his life, right? <laughs> Those little three things that happened to him. Uh, God bless you, uh, Lieutenant Dan. Valeska, where can we find more of your musings on this worldwide web? Uh, I'm on Twitter at bitchcrafttio. Follow or don't. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah it's, it's your choice. It's your choice. Make the right one, Okay. And as always, you can find me in your local insane asylum. Put there because I was just put in charge for Riverdale's... I forgot the words for the counselor. Therapist. <laughs> therapist. Wow, I forgot the words for therapist. It's a great uh, note to mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna edit this out because that would be me uh, trying to present a version of me that I'm not. And that version would be smart enough to know the word therapist. <laughs> so you can. But we all can, know the internet's all about honesty. Yep. So you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com to mercilessly insult me. You can follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. Or you can just, I don't know, listen to the wind and hear what it has to say. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye.